I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Rose and Shine podcast with us, Victoria Rusolson and Josephine Roos. We are Swedish sisters and in our podcast, we explore career and well-being So join us for inspiration and practical insights from our own international lives and careers. Good morning, this is Victoria sending from Atlanta. And good afternoon, this is Josephine from Mallorca. So Josephine, tell me, Did you ever regret taking time out to go for a walk, a run, or a yoga session? However busy you were, did you ever regret it? (laughs) That pushes me to think, did I ever regret it? (laughs) I don't think I can come up with a time that I have regretted it. No. No. Perhaps maybe if I got soaked, (laughs) if it really started to pour rain or, or something like that. But no, top of mind, I think it's always given back some energy, right? Yes, yes. I do. That makes me think of a time when I actually decided to bike around the lake, which is about eight miles or something like that. So a little bit over 10K. Uh, And midway through, the sky opened (laughs) and the rain, the tropical rain of Atlanta, sort of of, of the South, just came pouring down. And, you know, I didn't have to, like, bike very far until I was like soaking and there was nowhere to sort of hide from this rain. Yeah. You know, it was just like to accept the fact and just think about it and, and laugh about it that, yeah, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> but, but that makes me think. So I'm in the midst of buying bikes at the moment. Mallorca is like a heaven for, for bike and road bikes uh-huh. and so on. I, mm-hmm. I'm not a specialist in that yet (laughs) but um e-bikes of course are also incredibly popular and i think at that kind of 10k i mean that is what how people that have sold e-bikes to me have said it's not about less exercise Uh but it's like when you hit that you know 10k and you need to go home and it's thunder outside (laughs) and you have a big mountain to climb you know it's incredibly nice it's handy right Um, a little but I I don't know I've never been on one even but I can just imagine like just press a little button and like I'm done (laughs) yeah no I think that that uh, I mean maybe this this whole episode could be a commercial for e-bikes you know so you never have to regret let's see for (laughs) definitely it is I mean all of you who are listening to us and thank you everyone for staying so loyal you know that we feel very passionate about moving. And I think probably most people who've ever been in a class with me uh, also know that I'm extremely passionate about moving. And moving makes us feel so good. Uh, Ultimately, once, I mean, hopefully, mostly of the time. I mean, of course, there are times when we're exhausted. Now I do think about like once when (laughs) I went to my first spinning class and I I had to go and lay down on the floor in the gym afterwards. And I was all new. So, of course, there are moments, right, that can be uh, a little bit hard. But we really want to take this moving into sort of a bigger perspective, right? Yes. So in today's episode, we really just want to talk about how to move through your day. Mm -hmm. So not just physically moving, but almost how to kind of balance your day or go through your day and also how to use the movement to optimize your brain. Yeah. So really also a little bit more around the why. Mm -hmm. I I think we've spoken uh, like not just you and me, but in general, people 
it's been like movement is sort of your way to lose weight or whatever, stay fit. But we want to really talk about a bigger um, picture and give more context around why movement really, really makes a difference in our lives. And how to include it in our yes. life and in yes. our in our workday. Yes. So moving from that idea of just like our health, relating mm-hmm. movement to our health, and also look at it that how can it actually be- help us to become smarter? Because there's a lot of science and a lot of research coming out that you know movement and incorporating movement in a smart way makes us learn better, remember better, concentrate better, and so on. Yes. So we're not really just, you know, talking about exercise. This is, as you've already said, like in a broader sense and what it really can do to make us smarter. So I am extremely um, inspired by this book that I just read, uh, The Extended Mind, The Power of Thinking Outside the Brain by Annie Murphy Paul. So mm-hmm. I wanted to sort of lead out with an example from her book. Okay, and I have it here. Uh, which is sort of starting of how actually movement makes us think smarter and 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 think better. And this entire book, I think, is sort of packed with examples and good research and all of that. But one one example of the many great ones that stood out to me was about a Dr. Fiddler, who's a radiologist in Minnesota. And his sort of main purpose and his big job is to review X-ray images, right? Mm -hmm. And he reviews like thousands of them. And I do think the whole idea why he got started into this was he felt that he could lose a little bit of weight. So instead of just sitting down reviewing these thousands of X-ray pictures, he actually invested in a treadmill. Mm -hmm. So he was going to walk. So he, instead of sitting down at his desk, observing all these images he was walking on the treadmill yeah and in a year he lost 25 pounds so he was very happy about that but then he also started to really think like i feel like i have a better accuracy in in finding um, like the problems here on Mm -hmm. on on the x-ray pictures Mm -hmm. and then he sort of said i'd like to see sort of do a little bit more research on this so he got other fellow doctors in his network to participate in this research and where basically half of the group uh, remained seated and half of the group did just what he did. They were reviewing all the x-ray pictures and images while walking. So not a fast walk necessarily, sort of a normal stroll really. Mm-hmm. And this was so interesting. So their hit rate of spotting like abnormalities, if you wish, irregularities was normally 85%. And that's what it remained for the ones in the who kept sitting. Mm-hmm. But the ones that that started to walk, their hit rate went to a fully 99%. To 99%? Yes. Wow. Isn't that pretty cool? That's amazing. Right? So that's that amazing. Because sometimes when I'm delivering my workshops and I have Force everyone. What's your accuracy rate in your workshop? No, but but I I have my participants. I'm like, okay, let's stand up. And I I can see on their faces. They're like, really? Again? You know, not everyone, but some. And Mm -hmm. even like me, like when someone's telling me to stand up, my first initial reaction might even be like, (sighs) right? But that was just so cool to say that it actually makes us smarter. Mm. And, you know, like it makes us so like moving from 85 percent, which is already great, I guess, to 99 percent. It's awesome. It's fantastic. And I didn't know that the figure was so great. But when you told me about this example and that it had improved the the accuracy rate, Mm -hmm. I started to look in in a little bit more into into why. And it's this book and and this scientist in Sweden, Anders Hansen, we've referred to him before. He written a book called Jan Stark, essentially like strong brain, where he looks into a lot of this research mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. movement. And it, it tells some of the normal stuff right around depression and that we feel yeah. better and it's a happy pill and all of that stuff, which is so important. But in terms of what you were saying, he talks about why, how movement enables better concentration, better analysis, better ability to plan. And the reason for this is that it's been always been related 
with movement and height and pulse. So with our body and how our brain developed, when we had a heightened pulse, when we were moving, the brain, there were signals to the brain saying, you know, something important is happening. Hmm. You are maybe, you know, running away from something. You are out and about, you're moving. Therefore, the brain needs to remember, you need to learn. It's so almost like is... you're telling your brain whenever you sit down that now you don't have to think because you're resting. Exactly. <laughs> it is exactly like that. I mean, that is what the science is saying. That is why you get more stupid watching TV and sitting down because you're essentially telling the body that nothing important is happening now. Which is then so interesting because what do we do at work? And more importantly, what do we do at school? Yeah, I right? know. So it's like we tell all these kids, sit down and focus. Mm-hmm. When in reality, <laughs> uh, we are wired the complete opposite way. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and beyond that, then, of course, the more easier to understand, perhaps, is that the movement increases the blood flow to the prefrontal cortex, which is that area, you know, where it's really easier to focus and have longer term goals. So it really helps us to activate the right part of the of the brain. But importantly, though, it mm-hmm. also does say that you shouldn't exhaust yourself completely. Like the treadmill and the walking is probably perfect for increasing your accuracy. Because obviously, if you are in a super stressed or, you know, a hit session or or, or whatever, during that session, you're telling your body essentially that it's fight or flight. Yeah. And at that time, the brain doesn't need to learn anything. It just needs to escape. Okay. So that is a really good and important distinction here that I think we need to make clear that we're talking right now of movement that is standing up instead of sitting down, which really means like micro movements. It's about having a nice walk that isn't too quick, you know, but just sort of a a nice walk. We'll talk more about what these hit sessions or these Mm -hmm. running sessions, what they can do for your brain and for your um, well-being and your focus. But right now, this part here is more getting these constant micro movements into our day, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And and, uh, perhaps perhaps a bit of both, but it is interesting that part that exhausting yourself is not necessarily what's going to make your day more productive or better. Well, so talking about then exhausting ourselves, we're going to go there now. Actually, the research that I've read, and I think Anderson is also pointing this out, is that we should do that but I mean, not all the time, but it not while it's learning. Not while learning. Exactly. Yes. It is actually great to do ahead of learning. Mm-hmm. We, like, so before you're going to uh, do something and I, I do, I, so this is not scientific, but we all know by now that I'm a super fan of Peloton, right? And my, and it's interesting that the mornings where I go down and do my 20 minutes, 25 minutes of Peloton speed biking in the morning, I'm just like so much more ready to take on the day when I've done that Mm. in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And the studies have shown this, right? Mm -hmm. So they have shown that by improving your condition training, uh, your memory improves just by including some condition training or pulse training. Pulse training, right? Well, yeah, many. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, cardio, really like quick, cardio, exactly. Cardio where your pulse are high. And what is interesting with that is that they found that the impacts of this is immediate. So yes. they did studies with people that have really bad cardio or, or you know, that, mm-hmm. that didn't have this kind of training before. And just after a session, yeah. they improved yes, their memory. Exactly. So you, you really get the instant gratification there. Yeah. It's so smart. So as you can hear, we're very <laughs> passionate about this. It's, it's amazing. But and, and also what has been found in this in the same um, line of research is that we can actually increase our brain cells. And two decades ago, that was not really a known fact. Mm. We thought that we were born with brain cells and that they, you know, were killed off. Yes, diminished the older we got. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm so pleased with the new research. <laughs> exercise is one of the ways. I don't know if there's more. I'm not. I'm not a scientist on this, but is one way at least that you can actually increase the yeah. production. You yes. can create new brain cells. And and I knew that, but what I didn't know though was that they're very vulnerable. The newly created brain cells oh. after. They have been created. Mm-hmm. So just, just doing like a exercise, newborn. 
<laughs> yes, is not necessarily enough. Ah. So brain cells actually need a reason to live. Oh. So when they have been created after a bit of exercise uh-huh. or, or however they have been created, you need to make sure that they are stimulated. Nourished. Yes, yeah. nourished, stimulated. So how do you stimulate them? Well, it says here in the science that it could be by seeing new places, meeting new people, or learning new things. So don't waste them by sitting down in front of the TV and tell your brain to do nothing. That's what you're saying. Give your brain cells a reason to live. Ah, I'm loving that. Okay, so I am thinking that we've provided everyone that's listening with good enough facts, like, or the why, right? The why behind no, the No, I why. have one more why. Oh, okay, okay, okay. go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell us. A walk five times a week have shown the risk of dementia to diminish by 40% from Stanford University. And who wants dementia? I mean, that must be the worst thing yes. to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit of everyone's joking that they have it sort of, But to really get it when you're old, that must be so awful. And if there was a medication that could do this, it would be the most expensive medication that you could ever... It would be a Nobel Prize winner, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, but the answer is right here in front of us. Let's just go out for some walks. And it's So now we provide... Now now I'm pleased. Now we (laughs) We have all the facts. (laughs) Because here's what... So so the why behind the what. But then the the question is how. Mm. How do we make this happen? And in all of our super busy lives. Um, What can we do? So if we start of that, like as individuals, just sort of looking after ourselves and we can look into a little bit more like family members, maybe team leaders, like there are different parts of this, but what can we do for ourselves? What are you doing, Josephine? Well, I was reflecting upon this because I'm doing part of the the training, which, you know, I have a really good friend who is a doctor, um, Vivica, Mm-hmm. And she's telling, you know, that Swedes do this a lot. We go to the gym three times a mm-hmm. week and then mm-hmm. and then we think that we're really good and fit and, and, yet, and then we don't understand why we're not. <laughs> so I'm good at that. I'm good at getting my three times a week exercise, uh-huh. for example. Yes, in. you are. Because I, li- mm-hmm. I, I actually like it. Yeah. I think it's really fun. Yes. But I was reflecting the other day, especially now when working from home, how much I end up still sitting still Mm. despite being so aware of the things that I can do yeah I have bought a bike which is one thing that I've done Mm -hmm. now so I'm working and got a co-working office space to not sit at home every day Uh, I just envisioned you riding this bike in beautiful Mallorca and like but isn't it dangerous? Like, I do remember, like, these narrow roads, yeah. you know, like... Yeah, it is pretty narrow. And, you know, it's pretty... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm being very careful, obviously, but it's a little bit tight. It's my first day, so we'll we'll see. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it's also a lot of bicycle roads and so on. It's such a popular place to be biking. A lot of people around the whole world come to Mallorca to bike. So the, the, the cars, you know, are relatively... Respectful, kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They move, they move out a lot. Um, but then, in terms of other things that I'm doing or that I'm wanting to do more of in, into my life, that is related to those kind of micro habits. Yeah. Um, and actually, I know that Vivica will be creating a, a book. We'll tell more about it when it comes out. But they're looking into those kind of micro habits and how can they can be important for your life. And that could be those things like standing up in between your, you know, meetings and dance for mm-hmm. three minutes. Yes. Or doing 10 push-ups and, you know, doing these kind of Mm -hmm. things. And the importance there that I have learned is really trying to tie that movement into an already existing ritual. Mm. So if you, between your meetings, always go and get a glass of water, that would be a perfect time. Or when you're brushing your teeth Mm -hmm. or whenever you're Mm -hmm. already doing something, add a small piece of movement. Yeah. That's great. So I have more, but let's move over to you. <laughs> well, so, uh, yeah, okay. So I, I also do my my tennis, my Peloton, my yoga and all of that. But if we're looking at, I, I think my best advice for everyone who wants more movement in their life is to get a dog. Mm. Because it's it's so good because this lovely little cute fluffy thing 
really wants to go out for walks, right? So morning walk, lunch walk, especially now that we're working from home often. So um, we do that and it's really, really nice. Uh, another thing that I do is, as you all know, I stand up whenever I facilitate something. I stand up and I facilitate a lot of workshops. And so, so I stand up, I have a standing desk and I really think that adds also a different kind of energy, right? Mm. And if I'm a little tired, like actually today, this morning, I woke up with a little bit of a headache. I also stand up just to, to make sure that I have a little bit more focus in there. Uh, I try to take small breaks. And when I do have participants in my classes, I, I do like fun things like a little bit of shoulder rollings or even the, the squats, like, you know, all these different things, having, asking, inviting my participants to stand up and move. And it's so funny because I can just see how the energy is blooming after I do that every time. Mm. So those are the things that I try to do to really make sure that I'm there. And then when I do travel, like for example, Atlanta is my home airport. It's the largest airport in the world, apparently. And it's quite big. I try to, if I'm not in a stress for my flight, to walk instead of taking the train between the terminals, right? And and make sure like, what can I do? And and that makes me think of, as you said, back in Sweden, I, I used to go to this nice gym in the middle of Stockholm and all these trendy people would come there. And it was so funny. They were all there with their fancy gym bags and gym clothes and everything. And they would all take the escalator up to the gym, yeah. right? It was like, yeah. no one took the stairs. And it's like, well, you know, so I, I tried to really think about taking the stairs, see if I can walk instead of taking the car, like not park just next to the place, but, you know, see all these little movements as good things to make a big difference. Yeah, no, that's, that's really great. And and that makes me think of, there's an example of this writer, Henry, the playwright Henrik Ibsen, um, who lived in, in Norway. Mm-hmm. And he would always take this really famous walk every day. He would take a walk just for lunch. Yeah. So, and he'd walk to Grand Hotel and then he would walk back. And he he made this very clear. And when people asked him about his walk, it was a daily routine that he always had in order to stimulate creativity. Yeah. And that ritual was always followed by by him sitting down and writing. Yeah. And when that was told to me, I I was reflecting upon that because I certainly feel when when we're home at Lindalen, I walk a lot because Mm -hmm. I always walk to put the, you know, one of the kids to bed or or whatever. Mm -hmm. I walk with a pram and we walk that stretch. And I often feel like I do have my best ideas and most creative kind of thoughts during uh-huh. those walks. I often walk on my own when you're not there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's really creative. But what I do feel is so incredibly important and, and I want to be better at is them to have that ritual when you come back from that walk to actually put down the thoughts and the ideas and use that creativity that has been created over during mm. that walk mm. and turn that into something um, useful. Yeah. Because I feel like I have so many thoughts during these walks that, you know, then go away into nothing. And especially if you're like me, more of a freelancer, entrepreneur, there's a lot of demand and, and you have to come up with, <laughs> with yeah. the ideas, yes. essentially. It's not a job that is telling you what to do. No. Um, so I would just really um, actively now here in Mallorca where I'm living a life which is much more, I've created a lot more space for movement and hikes and, and all of those things. But what I would like to do and that I'm going to do is to take more time to directly after those activities, put pen to paper and yeah. get ideas down. Oh, I'm I'm loving that. And I think that's so important. So maybe we should move from us, as you say, entrepreneurs or or you are at least and driving all of this into so what can you do at your workplace? Let's say that you are a leader. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's because what we're saying is movement generates creativity, it generates focus, it generates energy, like it helps us in all these parts. And I love to point out when I work with this content with, with clients that they say that in 15 years, 40% of the jobs as we know them today uh, will be replaced by 
artificial intelligence or mm. completely transformed or by robots. So everything that is done manually, routinely, people won't be doing them in the future. It's going to be done by machine, right? Yeah. So then I'm asking, what are the things that, um, you know, we have the humans like, right? What What's our competitive advantage against all these, you know, machines, right? Uh-huh. Or robots. And you know, it is our ability to be creative, to focus, to have empathy, to to think outside the box. Uh-huh. And then I always ask my group, are you good at that when you're stressed, when you're low in energy? And people go like, no. So I personally think that this has sort of been traditionally something that everyone for their own, like fix this on your own. Mm. I think this is going to be one of the more important leadership competencies of the future like how as a leader what do you do so what what do you think around this what what can a leader do what what are your thoughts around that what would be helpful well I mean first what you mentioned now now I'll go a little bit outside of of the box here Mm -hmm. but all of what you mentioned really made me think about this study that is coming out this summer from Iceland Mm -hmm. where they significantly did a really big study looking at moving people to a four-day work week and why I'm saying that is as you're saying that 40 percent in how many years will not have you know their full-time jobs their jobs will be replaced and you we need more creativity and so uh-huh, on uh-huh. reducing the work week to to four days might actually be something that can happen will happen to some extent has to happen yeah uh, if computers can do a lot of our work and then using that time um, for more movement and more, you know, allowing for that more creativity. Yeah. So I think that is something that leaders can think about, whether it is the four day work week or whether it's more how do employees and um, how are they encouraged to spend um, time either at work or, yeah, I mean, for a leader, I think specifically is you think at work, you know, yes. could that be included in their <laughs> working hours, so to say. So being a bit creative around that. Yes, exactly. And I, I do think as, as a leader, see what can you weave into your everyday work, right? And let's say that you and your team have a super important meeting where you need to be focused and creative, invite everyone to go for a walk and talk before you go into the meeting, mm. right? So let, let's say, okay, everyone, so meeting starts in 30 minutes. Let's all get on this uh, brainstorming. We'll walk and talk and and just listen to each other before we get into this meeting, right? To have our focus there. And I think if you're having uh, the team meeting and you are meeting live, instead of sitting down, do it standing up, right? Huddle around the flip chart and and write down your thoughts there. Uh, Move away all these electronic devices and and just stay in the moment in the flow i think that i'm working on the flip chart is such an important um part and it's also about working with hand movements yes gestures with connecting and my husband he's immediately now our our whiteboard is in storage here and it's really hard to access our storage (laughs) at least the things that are far in the storage um And he's like, I can't think without my whiteboard. You know, I need to move. It loosens up my ideas. My creativity starts yes. to come to me when I make my, you know, when I draw on a big mm-hmm. piece of paper. And this is, this is, I mean, the book that you're talking about, the, um, uh, what was it called again? The, the Extended Mind. The Extended Mind. I know that there's references to that, right? Yes. To, to moving your body. So that is for sure something that leaders can can do and support. And also, I think for leaders, so much around it is to model yes. behavior. Yes. So be the one who starts to standing up. Yeah. And do what you and I do in workshops, which might be awkward, right? But it's the kind of like, okay, everybody, you know, <laughs> you have to be the cheerleader sometimes, yes. I think, if you're a leader um, and make people or give people the possibility to try it out. Yeah. And you know what I think is important that when we do that as leaders, that we explain the why behind the what, mm. because, you know, sometimes I, I forget. Right. And I can see everyone's like, oh, you know, who is this enthusiastic person? Right. <laughs> and <laughs> just forcing us to stand up all the time. But but really, I, I think we're all adults. We want to know, like, you know, 
what's the difference? How will our brain work differently if we stand up versus if we sit down, right? Mm. And and give them the facts. And I think that is really quite important. I also think what we can do is is weave in little moments of of having quick short breaks um where we really allow for people to go out and move and and make sure if you do have an office that you're there like are you having standing desks are you allowing for your people to get standing desks back home right all these things depending on where you are in the organization you can have a massive impact yeah on the smartness of your people yeah Right. Yeah. And it's not just about setting cool, smart goals and letting people fix this on their own, but it's sort of setting that culture. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and also perhaps because um, there were some more ideas in terms of being a bit creative around movement. So uh-huh. a lot of it is kind of that physical walking. And I mean, walking is the best. Right. And yeah. even this research tells that or running, essentially, running in a 70% case uh-huh. for three to four times a week for half an hour. Like that's the optimal mm-hmm. kind of movement. But finding these micro movements throughout the day and being a little bit creative. So even, I mean, this this might be funny, but even things like drinking or eating really strong or spicy food. And for me, this relates to movement, right? It's not physical movement, but it's moving a bit in the body. I was thinking in my head, so you run to the bathroom. bathroom. That's not what you meant. No, but but doing those kind of things. um, So for example, at the start of a workshop, drinking, you know, a spicy ginger shot. Yeah. um, Creating a little bit of heat. Yeah. Um, that is also something that we can talk about that in another episode, but that also relates to creating more connection with the people around you. Mm. And so is any kind of synchronous movement with, you know, with your partner, with colleagues, whatever, that is creating that feeling of, of collaboration, of, of connection. So there's a lot of different ways that you can... I mean, can... there's lots of bonding happening over taking shots in a bar. <laughs> I can tell you in the group. I, so I guess like, can we create shots, that though. feeling with a ginger <laughs> shot at work? You know, why not? Like, all right, there everyone. There needs to be a spicy one. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So that is all about work. So we've spoken about us as individuals. We've spoken about what we can do as leaders and, and to impact our organization, really. But here's a tricky one for you. What can we do to encourage our fellow family members to move? And, and, and you know, <laughs> let's say that whoever you are listening to us right now, that you are the one being passionate about this, like the two of us. Mm-hmm. How do we get everyone else feeling passionate about this? Because that can be really hard, right? Yeah, it can be really hard. Um, I think family dance yeah. is kind of good. Yeah. Um, 
also and you obviously don't have teenagers but yeah that's exactly it depends on the age um again i think modeling here is is crucial and it was really good steve took the initiative the other day his brother was here you know and we all started to have a workout outside put the music on and you know then the kids just join automatically they want to be part of the fun yeah so to say um so in that kind of age it's about just giving the opportunities and then I think identifying things that that they like. So again, speaking about younger kids, but do they like to bike? You know, see what are the yeah. things that they want to do? And then you kind of have to just engage with that. I, I find that it can be quite a, sometimes it's just working perfectly and sometimes it can be really hard. And uh, last weekend when I was out driving, I, I saw this couple and they were at running. Well, actually, she wasn't really running. She was sort of walking. She was all red in her face. You could see that the frustration. <laughs> yeah. And he was sort of skipping around her, like running with this encouraging <laughs> face. And I, I, I could, I saw this whole scenery because I was sort of driving slowly past him. And I'm like, oh my god. And I, I could just recognize myself. I guess mostly in him, but sometimes in her too. Right? Like all these emotions on this sort of. <laughs> sidewalk that was happening and how he was like well yeah probably a little bit more fit than her and you can see that he was really like wanting to give this experience of lovely out and running with his wife and she really looked like she wanted to kill him and it was like and, and that feeling and sometimes that enthusiasm for movement if if someone else is not really there can also be really almost limiting which it, yeah. it makes me think of another one of my favorite books and contents that I also facilitate around multipliers that it's like this when you have such strong feelings yourself is you're so optimistic and you're so like pace set or yeah. you, you think your intention is that everyone else will get smitten by this like and they will also yeah, yeah, get optimistic yeah. and speed up but in reality it has the opposite effect yeah. So, and I know that you and I, we both experienced this in our extended family at times. Like, how do you deal with that? <sighs> yeah, I mean, to some extent, I think it's encouraged people to do the things that they kind of like or start yeah. easy. And again, maybe they shouldn't be out running. Maybe they should have a <laughs> lovely walk. That's that couple. And then he could run off his extra energy, you know, at the end or at the start. Um, so that we don't push too far. And they always say, right, it's just so much important, more, more important that it happens rather yeah. than that it is that yeah. big thing. I'm, I'm really hooked on this idea of, of micro movements just because I, I find it so hard myself when working. You know, I do kind of at the start of the day and at the end of the day. So just kind of encouraging those small moments, setting the timer and, and, and getting it done. Yeah. But people, I think. It's really about starting to see the benefits. I mean, you and I both do a lot of the exercise because we, it makes us feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And in, in the end, it's for the individual, I think, to, to feel it. I, I agree. So, but it's like, well, let's just start out walking then. Let's do something little and, and start with that point. And another thing that I have done with my, my daughters is just that, again, how do we focus, right? And just really encouraging my daughter. So this does not work in the U.S., but it depends where you live. But to bike to school mm. and, and really because there are smart girls, tell them the research. Actually, it's going to help you to focus much better on that test that you have in the morning if yeah. you bike there versus if you get into daddy's car and, and he drives you there. Yeah. Or here like the school bus. So it's like really, again, even with younger kids to have that talk about what it does to our brain and yeah. then share the why behind the what, right? Yeah. And it makes me terrified how much they sit down at school yeah. already here yes. in age five. See, that was another <laughs> yeah. example in, in this um, book that I'm so inspired of. Basically, it's like, it gives me the facts for all the things that I'm the thinking are, are so important, but where they also, again, was talking about classrooms where they did an experiment in one school where they actually just took, away the chairs no chairs there were bouncy balls they could stand up and they could just and and the focus and the amount of you know how it really helped all these kids which again goes back to that historical idea like sit down and focus it's completely Mm. 
counterproductive, mm. Mm. right? Yeah, that's super interesting. And and education is so behind. Yes. It's scary. Yes. How behind education is. Yes, exactly. So really the, I think that's where we also then can contribute as parents and 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 to sort of see like could your kids have a standing desk or don't feel that they have to sit by their desk, but could they walk and talk and maybe tell you about what they learned today, like, uh, and, and do you teach to learn and, and during their walk rather than just sitting there punching the numbers or the writing, like mm-hmm. there are certain things that we need to sit down to do, but maybe we need that walk or dance or, or whatever it is before we sit down and actually do it. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so moving in from the physical movement mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. we can do around that to our surroundings. Yes, the physical surroundings, right? Exactly, because as I mentioned before, right, if movement is creating new brain cells, how do we keep them? Mm. And stimulation is really one of the key factors for keeping our new brain cells. And surrounding is such an important part of this, yes. which... I didn't know much about, <laughs> but it I mean, makes sense, intuitively, right? Intuitively, it <laughs> makes a lot of sense, but it's really related to seeing something new and especially seeing beautiful things. Yes. So seeing beautiful architecture, museums, or of course, the winner that takes it all being in nature. Yes. So if we do kind of the movements that we have talked about, or if you do the exercise that we're talking about, if you're running in a treadmill in a gym, yes, you're creating perhaps the same amount of brain cells, but you won't keep them as if you're running outside in a more Mm. stimulating environment and there will be more need for your brain cells to to keep. Yeah. I mean, personally, I just know that the healing nature of getting out in nature, it's, it's amazing. So it's with no scientific backup, it's just my own sort of self-study, I guess, mm-hmm. how that is so empowering to just get out there and get that beautiful nature. And again, I, I read studies also in the extended mind. It's like packed with studies for everyone who wants the fact around where they did research, where they let people go for a walk and one was sort of staying in the city environment and one group got to walk in the park. So it didn't, it, you don't need to go to like the like extraordinary mountain range or beaches or, or anything like that. But the difference that you were in the greenery with the trees mm-hmm. and the park just made, so, added so much more value to, yeah. to your brain, really. Yeah. So to be a little bit more mindful of where we do that movement, I think that is, key. Yes. And like you said, though, you don't have to be in the most beautiful place, but when you can, if you can, this idea of being in awe, which can happen, you know, with beautiful music, but also with beautiful, beautiful nature and surroundings. Psychologist says that that is like setting a reset button for our mind. So it gives this other piece of, of calm, of connection, of understanding that we are quite small, but in a beautiful way, we become insignificant in that really great way, which means that the problems of the world are no longer on our shoulders. Um, So that is, you know, being able. And so perhaps, you know, if you can go occasionally, I mean, we've done that several times to like a beautiful retreat or doing something in a different place that is new to you, that will really, I mean, you already know intuitively that that feels good, yeah. but actually the research is now backing up that that is going to make you smarter and happier and more open. You know, so that oh, it makes me think. So I've really been quite good at this this fall. So, and this is then um, an idea to all fellow travelers who, who travel for work. And it's so easy to just go to that new place and be absorbed. And you're thinking that I'm away from home. So Let's use this time productively and work, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, a month ago or so, I was in Tory Pines to do a keynote. And it was two keynotes and I needed to be present for dinners and things. But then I just took time out and I went on that most amazing hike, right? In like in this nature and then coming down to this like Pacific Ocean, beautiful, gorgeous 
I'm still living off that energy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. so, so even though it was like, oh, where do I find this place? You know, it was a little bit inconvenient. It could have been easier to just stay. I had a nice sort of view from my uh, balcony, but just to do that extra in movement and thinking, it just gave me so many ideas and so much energy. So it does take a little bit extra effort, but look for it, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Another point in, in relation to that is to give that your full attention. Yes. So there's this idea around not consuming. And of course, we love podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> we love that you listen to our podcast, perhaps when you're moving, but also turn it off. Yeah. Also let yourself be mm. there with your thoughts. Um, because this constant consumption means that we don't learn. There's no there's no development of our own thoughts, our own yeah. ideas. Yeah. We need that space. So I, I think podcasts are great for in when you're in your car or traveling. And I but I never listen to anything when I walk, unless I call like you or someone else. Like, but I don't even want music when I'm running. Mm. I want to absorb the the sounds of my surroundings, if you wish. I'm not there yet, but perhaps I'm trying. <laughs> I will be there. And then a final point on, on surroundings is this idea for our brain to learn how we can just use um, the surroundings of where we're working differently during the day in order to maximize our learning so mm. that we can move around. Mm. So, for example, if you're learning something new or if you're reading something, you could do one chapter in one specific location and then do something else in a different location of the house. And there are many reasons for this, but a really important reason is that it helps our brain to file the information yes. related to the location that we were in. Yeah. So it's much easier to access the information. If you remember, oh, I was sitting on that park bench outside. Yes. Yes. And a lot of it will come back to you. And it's, I mean, I know you probably can't tell us very much yet but this is so interesting because this is kind of what you and Steve are trying to build and create uh your vision for Mallorca really to give everyone that space yes do you share a little bit about it or is it well sort of <laughs> more to come but for sure we want to find a place where people can come and work and be productive and do all of these things that they might do with their teams but do that in a setting where they can also really focus on their health being in nature mm. to kind of get that full holistic nurturing experience ah. I can't <laughs> wait for uh, for that to happen in, in yeah. reality. Oh. Yeah. So finally, the grand finale, talking about energy. So we've talked about how to move throughout your day. Mm -hmm. And then all of this could boil down to also, you know, how do we keep our, our energy flowing and going throughout the day? Yes. How do we keep our focus, energy? And we thought we'd do a little, let you, if you want to join us in a little activity, something that I, I do with my clients also when I work with the time and energy parts. And it's just very simple. And it is drawing your own energy line. So basically, mm. if you have just a piece of paper and you'd sort of draw a big line across that paper. So you're drawing yeah, now, I'm right? Doing so, it right now. Yeah. And you mm -hmm. have the, like the starting point is your wake up. And the okay. ending point is sleep, right? When you go to bed, mm -hmm. right? Or mm -hmm. when you fall asleep, right? So wake up to fall asleep. That's your straight line. Yeah. Now think about a typical workday, right? So let's not do weekends here, but a typical workday, mm. how does your energy fluctuate? So mm -hmm. for example, like I'm a morning person. So usually I wake up like on... If, let's say that line represents average energy, right? The one you draw. Yeah. And then it's like, I go up from average to like, whoa, lots of energy in my yeah. morning. So you just really feel, if I don't do anything actively to sort of keep that energy stable, I'm going to have a mega dip by after lunch, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, that, that's when I'm sort of dipping and then I'm sort of struggling. I'm getting up in the afternoon and like, by the time it's time to finish, I'm sort of up again. And then usually, again, if I don't do anything about it, it happens that I'm like giving so much energy at work 
that when it's my work day ends, I'm like, <laughs> like this <laughs> yeah. balloon that lets out of air and it goes sort of down unless I do something like go to play tennis. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, there's it. So what would your typical energy line look like, Josephine? Do you draw it now? Yeah, I mean, I, I did draw it. I kind of stopped somewhere in the midst because I got so fascinated by hearing about your line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, mine has started so tired in the mornings. and then, But then, yes, then going really high and productive and then, then dipping. I mean, it, it's probably a relatively similar pattern. So I guess what is interesting to see is how do you increase that window of tolerance? You know, yes. how do you make that dip lower and more constant. Yes, exactly. So so that's the whole point. So draw your energy line, share it with someone and then and have a look at it. And then take a moment and, and pause and think about what can you do by these dips? Is that where you need to go for a walk? Is that how do you recharge and how do you, you know, get back in energy? And also then you can start to think, what different activities do I do in my day that fits that level of energy too, mm. right? Mm. Um, so it's okay. Maybe it's like, okay, my energy is a little bit lower at that point. So guess what? That's going to be my cozy time and I'm going to have a cup of tea and just read a book and it's going to be okay, right? Yeah, so. exactly. So maybe looking into movement that we've talked about today, mm-hmm. obviously, nutrition and then rest. Yeah. So where do you fit in your your breaks yeah your power now how do you you recharge (laughs) yeah great yeah so everyone thank you for that yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. so post your energy lines let us know how you're doing and thank you everyone so much for listening and if you think that there's someone around you that could you know benefit from a little bit of an energy boost or maybe get some inspiration around why we should be moving or what we can do about it in our families, for ourselves, and in the organizations that we work in. Feel free to share. Send it to your leaders. Yes. Yeah. Or your team. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a beautiful day. Bye. Bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.